Uh, shout out to today's sponsor, which is Dollar Shave Club. And I know I tell people all the time, but I have been using them for years, even be- before the sponsorship. Uh, they offer a wide variety of different products like hair care, skincare, and they recently actually just sent John some skincare. And what did you, what did you think? Yeah, of I got the face wash, and I felt like the results almost immediately cleaned up my skin, and I feel it more moisturized too. And like I said, they offer a wide variety of products. Uh, it's not just razors, you know, that's what they're known for. But they have like the hair care, skincare, and they recently sent me some chapstick. Yeah, what I like is the subscription box. So you build it, and the more things you add to it, you get a bigger discount. And they send it monthly, so you don't have to worry about the hassling and going to the store and buying these things so if you guys are looking to sign up for dollar shave club click the link down below i know What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Mescal Moguls. It's me, John, I guess. And uh, today we have a very, very special full audience. Um, we have Jesus. Guess. The audience are the oh, people guess, that we're... Guess, sorry. <laughs> um, we do have Jesus on once again. Once again. Uh, Thanks for coming back. Finally, after... It's been a minute since he came back, huh? It's yeah. okay. So it's funny because every time we do an episode... I always put him on the spot and want him to, I have my little intro and the thing that I do. And he always, uh, he's like, Oh, next time, Nip, let me do it. And yeah, next time he's going to do better. Oh uh, no. Uh, it wasn't the case. I, I can't so, give you guys something catchy around me to go with my, my intro, but yeah, cause when I started, I'm like, welcome back, uh, to Mescal and Mogul. So it's your boy, the one with the scar in his face, your boy Scarface, you know? And then, but anyways, like today we have a special <laughs> guest. Uh, we, we were, uh, like I was scrolling through Instagram one day and then uh, East Idaho News, they posted uh, an article and with that was attached a video. And to us, it, it attracted us because we invest into crypto. Not a lot of people know about it. And that's why I was like, hey, let, let's do this, uh, especially because some of most of the audience isn't too familiar with crypto. They see that they think it's a scam. They think, you know, it's something that's going to go away. So we're like, hey, let's reach out to them and try to get them on the podcast. So we have all three members, right? Of T-Ball Miners, right? That's that's what the company is called, T-Ball Miners. Uh, and I told people that we we're going to do this episode, and they're like, what, what is that? We're like, or do Because we call it like a farm slash mine, but, um, but I wanted to do this episode so people can understand, and then if they want to, to invest into your guys' company, because I know you guys do uh, have like host different uh, people's minds and stuff like that. So uh, welcome to the podcast. We have Braxton. I forgot your guys' name already. Tom. <laughs> Tom, Tom and Taylor. And Taylor. Taylor. Taylor's on the, the mic right now, but we'll we'll have Tom here in a little while. So you guys are all T-ball miners, right? So I want I'll, who who founded it? Was it you, Braxton? Yeah, me and Tom started it. Okay, all right. So I want I want people to get to know your guys' backstory. We'll we'll get to know Tom here in a little bit. But Braxton, where are you originally from? I'm from Shelley. From Shelley, born and raised in Shelley. Born and raised in Shelley. Okay, and how old are you right now? 26. 26. Okay, yeah, he looks pretty young. <laughs> How old do you think it was? Like 16? I, I honestly thought you were like 22, maybe 21. I was, you, you look fairly young, and I'm like, dang, he's like heavily involved into, into, into crypto. And from Shelly. Yeah, and from, from Shelly. Everywhere, Shelly. Yeah. So where are, you, where are you from? I was born and raised in uh, Idaho Falls. Idaho Falls, okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, growing up, I mean, you, you went to Shelly High School, and I'm sure, sure you went to Hill, Idaho Falls? Hillcrest High School. Okay. Yeah, man. Yep. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can tell. No, just uh, so like he's a, he's from Bonne- He's a Bonneville. Yeah, I'm a Bonneville. Right, that's why okay. we had like a, a little right. bit of so a rivalry. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> so, um, like growing up, were you guys involved into like? I mean, what did you guys want to do when you guys were in high school? Because most people want to like have have a plan. Like, hey, I'm gonna go and do this. I'm gonna go be a doctor. I'm gonna go be a lawyer. But then things change. What What was your original plan, or is this your plan? No, I've I've uh, I've actually had a background in healthcare, um, but I came in a little bit later. I've known Tom and Braxton for a little while, mm-hmm. uh, and they kind of showed me what their operation in Idaho Falls, and I was interested, uh, kind of like you guys were in the crypto world, and I mm-hmm. uh, wanted to be able to help them out. And so, you know, after they had already developed and built everything, I kind of came in to to help out as much as I could. But okay, and what about you, Braxton? So, I I always wanted to go into healthcare. Also, I actually have my degree in nursing and right now i'm in nurse anesthetist school mm-hmm. that's why i live down here in phoenix oh, okay and so uh 
you guys never were you guys uh involved in the stock market or anything like that at, during that time that's how we started t-ball is i used to enjoy day trading on the stock market mm-hmm. and i saw bitcoin come up a ton in my research so i dug into it a little more i'm like why would i trade bitcoin if i can make bitcoin oh so right away you were like let me make it instead of trade it or did you yeah. invest into it first it was probably about the same time we did both so about- i presented the opportunity to tom i'm like we should do this i mean it makes more sense to make it than buy it so 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 with that in mind what is what is a bitcoin what is a blockchain what is like what what is it <laughs> yeah, for the people that don't know or like simple it down because what's the difference between investing in it and mining it okay so investing in it is very much like buying a stock you buy in at a certain price and you can buy any amount you want that's a little bit different than a stock you have to buy a full stock versus bitcoin it's broken into millions of pieces and you can just buy a small portion if you want but buying it you just purchase it at the price it is you hold it sell it whenever you're ready to be done with it versus mining it you buy equipment and it's complicated but you process transactions and you get paid to process transactions so that's how mining is making bitcoin okay and correct me if i'm wrong but before when it was fairly new it was easier to mine like it was right and as correct as yeah. it, you can do it with your home computer when it first started so is that when you started were you able to do it with your home computer or were no, you we was it already advanced buy, yeah we had to buy specialized machines still when we first started and as a, as a little background to uh you know how it was how easy it is or how hard it is to mine bitcoin at the very beginning with there being a uh, much lower interest than there is now uh, there's obviously a lot less people, a lot less computers or devices connected that are mining for Bitcoin mm-hmm. <clears throat> as opposed to now when you have millions of machines plugged in. Um, and Bitcoin, they have what they call a difficulty rating. So every two weeks it changes based on how many people are mining. So they're going to say, you know, if X amount of people are mining right now, it's going to be this difficult. But if there's only one person, then it's obviously it's going to be, you know, very easy. Um, and they kind of adjust that to keep that that stable. Oh, wow. no, no, that's interesting. <clears throat> no. Oh, no. Uh, so do you guys, I know on that uh, video, you guys also mentioned that you guys mine different coins as well. It's not just Bitcoin. Correct. Yeah. We mine. So there's something called proof of work. And that means it's a coin that's mineable. Mm-hmm. And we mine tons of different coins that are on that proof of work. And so uh, Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash, Ethereum, um, Litecoin, Dogecoin. But at the end of the day, it's, just, it's all the same principle where you're just verifying transactions, right? Correct. Yep. Is there like a certain percentage of like return on different coins or ones that you, or do you just do them all because they're all mineable? Um, or- there are some that have better returns than others, but we basically just, if our customer wants to mine <coughs> Ethereum, we buy, we help them get Ethereum equipment. If they want to mine Litecoin, we get Litecoin equipment for them. We'll do whatever our customer prefers. Yeah, and uh, no, go ahead. I was just gonna say, like, change it back to the whole mining thing, like to simplify it down even more. So, what is a transaction, or what, in essence, what is a blockchain? So we'll explain what, like, kind of like what transactions are first. So, for example, if you go over to Walmart and you use your credit, your Visa credit card, Visa has to process those transactions for your money to get to Walmart, right? That transaction has to be processed. But with Bitcoin, there's not a data center somewhere that's processing transactions like Visa. For Bitcoin, it's the miners that are processing those transactions. I think we're loosing you there. Yeah, we're you're cutting in and out there. Is that your signal, Sparks, or... See. We're not the uh, have slight problems here. But anyway, could you further elaborate on that while we're trying to get that back? Yeah. So all these, you know, all your day to day transactions. One of the, and as you, I mean, even as you look into the market or the stock market, the biggest industry in the world is the, the finance. Um, and all these transactions being processed, all these transaction fees. There's ways to compensate those that are tr- that are uh, performing the 
or processing the transaction. Um, and that's kind of what, what's happening with uh, the blockchain as well, where you know all of the equipment that's recording all these transactions, also known as a ledger, um, you know, that, that's one of the pieces that makes uh, Bitcoin and crypto so different is that every single transaction is recorded on a ledger on the blockchain, mm-hmm. and it's all public. You can find and search for any transaction. Nothing is kept private, and it's all stored um, on the blockchain. And all these computers that are plugging in to go ahead and mine crypto, that's what's running the whole system. So anybody can see if, for example, you pay him, they can see that transaction no matter where you're at. Right. I mean, it wouldn't say, you know, Taylor paid, yeah, of course. but it would say, you know, this Bitcoin this wallet, wallet or... paid this Bitcoin wallet, here's the transaction ID, here's the amount. And having that publicly available is what makes it, you know, the most secure system. And the fact that somebody couldn't go ahead and hack and say, well, I'm going to you know, send this person's funds over to this. Uh, everything is publicly available. Um, everything is backed by a number of different security th- keys and things that make it really, really difficult to, you know, log into somebody's account. But then all of those transactions are public. Are we back on? Can you can you hear us, Braxton? Yeah, can you now? Yeah, it shows here that you have low signal. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Oh, perfect. Let's see. Make sure it doesn't. So far, it's looking good. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so you were you're explaining to us i think he kind of explained that further i don't know if you heard him um is that pretty close to yeah, what you were gonna good. say yeah because a, a lot of people <laughs> yeah, have these questions yeah, like uh yeah. we talk about crypto every now and then and like investing especially jesus he's the one that introduces us into a lot of this stuff because uh, it's it's still very unknown to us you know and People, we, we see the return in it because like we've invested some money into it and like we see the return in it. But then there's people you talk about crypto and they're like, nah, like I, I don't want nothing to do with that, you know. And uh, do you guys get a lot of those people like, hey, like we, it, it's like a scam or something like that because uh, they don't understand. That's why we wanted to do this so you guys could simplify what the the whole the mining is. Uh, he was telling me about it and it made sense to me because I used to have a business too. And we used it. We had to pay Visa percentage so we could use their, uh, but I didn't know what it was for. I thought it was just because we were using their service, but it's more to keep track of all the transaction transactions and things like that. So, um, yeah. One of, one of the things that, so they, they'll ask me and I try to explain it in a s- simple form, but I can't. So that means I don't understand it well enough because they say, if you can't explain something, um, in a simple form, you you don't understand it well enough yet, and so I kind of get the whole how it works, but it, it there's there's still something missing that I'm like, what like how difficult is it? How easy is it? That kind of stuff, and so I've never tried it, just because obviously now you need like way more equipment, you need you need a uh, a lot more money to start, and so that was my other question. How much money do you need to start with the mining part? So it varies. I mean, all of this uh, equipment is very specifically designed for each type of mining. So your Bitcoin miners, they're specifically engineered to mine for Bitcoin in the most uh, efficient way possible. Um, And some of those, you know, let's say it could start at $10,000 to purchase the equipment. Uh, The difference between, you know, if you're just going to go on and buy $10,000 worth of of Bitcoin and watch it and sell it whenever you think the market is good, as opposed to using that $10,000 to purchase a, you know, Bitcoin miner, uh, that miner is going to be constantly running. And let's say, you know, on average, if, you know, the cost or the current value of Bitcoin is $50,000 and let's say every month you're bringing in a thousand dollars worth of Bitcoin. So when you hit 10 months, you're going to say, well, uh, my Bitcoin machine has already hit gone ahead and got me ten th- or uh, $10,000 worth of Bitcoin, uh, 12 months, 12,000, uh, two years, 24,000. It continues to go regardless of, you know, if Bitcoin's at you know, $25,000, $50,000. Um, but then again, if all of your Bitcoin that you're mining is staying in Bitcoin, then when you're mining at $25,000, you know, and it's $50,000, it's doubled. And so the nice thing about going into mining as opposed to just buying it is that you know, it's going to continually generate you additional Bitcoin um, along with your Bitcoin going up and down with the market. Okay, so you get paid in Bitcoin, so it's it's all dependent on what the price is, what you're making. 
So that's the correlation. Uh, it was just a way to simplify the example to say, you know, trying to put monetary figures yeah. into the, into mining, but uh, that's kind of how the process works. Um, and, you know, it's, it's different for Bitcoin and Litecoin because those machines are going to be specifically engineered to mine for Litecoin. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, and, and I see that those, those machines are constantly going. Is there any sort of maintenance cost that goes into it? Because I'm, I'm assuming if it's running it, all day, it's going to eventually fail. Right. And, and part of the way that they build these is for, you know, they're running 24 hours a day. We have to have uh, cooling systems that are constantly keeping them at a, a good temperature. If something breaks down, we can fix it. But the majority of the equipment is so, you know, it's built and, mm-hmm. uh, and manufactured to run 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Um, and it's just cranking all mm-hmm. day. So on the business side, like, <clears throat> on your guys's end, you're running other people's um, machines, or is it mostly like the percentage-wise? Is it mostly invested into you guys, or is it mainly just you guys are running them for them? Yeah. So, and I think the kind of the whole, and maybe I'll, I'll allow Tom or Braxton to answer this, but <clears throat> one of the main reasons that they kind of started this company was to make it easy, uh, you know, for people that don't understand all the ins and outs. Um, all the possible scams out there, all the technical details. It's like, look, we're going to go ahead and take care of everything for you. We'll get your equipment for you. Uh, you can go ahead and uh, purchase a unit or a spot at our facility. Uh, we'll plug it in. We'll monitor it. We'll maintain it. Um, and they just sit there and watch their phone, and they see their portfolio grow. Mm-hmm. And so we try to simplify everything, take all the technical aspects out of it, um, and help anybody that that's interested get involved. Yeah, because we were talking – I mean, we know a few people who might be interested into this, but they they also have questions like that. You know what I mean? Like they, they don't know what it is. They're like, hey, uh, like it kind of explain it to them. But it, it's weird. Like when somebody else tries to explain it to them, they'll be like, oh, OK. But like say you just said some of the same things that he said to him. But he's going to understand it more from coming from you. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, coming, coming from, from somebody from- that actually understands it because <laughs> I try to explain it to, to him, but I don't. Like they'll hit me with some questions that are like not like I I I still have those questions and I stare at them like a deer in headlights and they're less likely to follow through just because the the person giving them the information doesn't have all of it. So. Yeah, so that is so one of the uh, places and anybody that has these type of questions. I mean, they're still. Um, you know, we'll get questions on occasion too. That's like, well, we've never been asked that, but it's good to know kind of what people are interested in. Uh, we refer them to, you know, the T-Ball Miners Facebook page, our website, um, you know, places they can go to learn more information, uh, but also they can reach out to us and we can, um, you know, educate them or answer any questions that they might have, um, yeah. kind of get them versed in, in what they're looking so, to invest in. So I wanted to go, oh, I'm oh, just seeing if, no, I was, I was going to go back uh, a little bit. He, I know he mentioned that, uh, you know, he, he was just like assuming why you guys started it. So why did you decide to start T-Ball Miners? Like, was it to, to help other people like grow? Cause, uh, I mean, I'm curious about that. So when we first started it, our goal wasn't to host miners for other people. We didn't, we didn't even know that was a thing. We just knew that we wanted to get into mining. So we bought a bunch of miners and made a lot of mistakes on building facilities through the years. But over time, we realized that everybody had the same barriers to entry that we had. But if we built a facility and offered hosting services, we could reduce those barriers to entry for everybody, as well as divide the facility cost between us and everybody else. So rather than everyone else having to have a huge outlay of cash to build a facility, they could use ours and we could all divide that um, upfront cost and we could all take advantage of a facility. So that's where we started. So originally going to be hosting, but because we need to build a facility, we figured we might as well build it. Yeah, he, so we can host he, everyone else's also. So when we first started, like we we learned a lot, but we made a lot of mistakes, and that's where a lot of people don't understand how much electricity mm-hmm. it takes to run these things and the heat. Oh, okay. so. I, I used to own a, a big shop, a big 40 by 70 shop. And Braxton and I bought our first five 
machines and plugged them in. Within a day, I had to take the windows out of our shop because it was so hot. Wow. And so people buy the, these machines. We got a lot of people out of Utah that buy one machine, put it in their basement, and within two hours, their house is 100 degrees. Oh, geez. <laughs> and so they don't understand how those two factors, if you, if you plug them in to a place and you're, you're paying a, a regular rate, you're losing money. Mm-hmm. And so we, you have to find the rates that are the lowest, Idaho power, out of false power. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then you have to set up that facility so it'll handle so much power. We have a transformer outside of our place that will ha- handle a megawatt. Mm-hmm. That's what runs the hospital. Oh, and wow. so you have to have a lot of energy, cheap energy, that will run that and then get the, with all those machines running at the same time, you've got to get that heat away from them or they overheat and they shut down. Mm-hmm. And so people... Trying, that's how Rax and I kind of came up with that idea is why don't we just start building our own mines? So we've built quite a few mines and gotten better and better and better at building them. Then people started to come to us, and a lot of people were just bringing them to us and saying, hey, I, I don't know what to do with this thing. Mm-hmm. So we started getting better and better at putting them in. So now we just kind of rent a, a small space. We can put them in. We've got everything hooked up. You have to know how to program them, what pools to put them in. There's a lot of stuff that people just plug them in and go, okay, a lot of people think that it's going to put out a coin. Mm -hmm. No. And so we we just got to show them all the right technology, all the things to do. Taylor is extremely well at running them remotely Mm -hmm. so you can watch them. So a lot of people just come to us and say, hey, get it onto our wallet. You got to get the right wallets. (laughs) And then you got to, then you can watch it on your phone. Taylor can program your phone so you can just watch watch your the transactions grow. Mm-hmm. So we we try to make it as simple and easy as possible. But over the last five or six years, we've made a lot of mistakes, but we've learned so much that now we're really good at helping other people out. Now the big problem is China shutting down their industries. Oh, yeah. Now everything is flooded the United States. Now. It's very, very, very difficult to find a mine that will take individual um, miners. The big boys have come in with 4,000, 5,000 mines or miners, and they, they've taken over. You mm-hmm. can't find a spot in the United States, hardly ever. And that's where we, we specialize in that quite a bit. We get a lot of calls because people say, hey, I just want to start. How do I start? But you got to kind of look at it like a cell phone, the, the old b- – Blueberry phones, they're out there. They'll, they'll, you can buy one for $300, but it's not going to make very much. Then you get the brand new cell phones. All the generations come up, mm-hmm. the, S, the V9s, the S19s, the Avalons. Each month, brand new machines come out. So the Avalons now make, they just crank it, but they're $10,000 a piece. So mm-hmm. we've got all of them kind of lined up. So if somebody comes to us and says, I've only got $300, but then we've got business people that come and say, I got $70,000, get me going. Mm-hmm. And so we get them plugged in, running, and there's warranties, there's breakdowns, simple little things that we've learned over the years to keep things going. That's what we kind of specialize in. But when people come in, they start to under- understand the process that it has to go through. That's what we just try to help people out with that. Mm-hmm. So. I was just going to say, like, almost like a timeout here. Um, why don't uh, you just call them and use your Bluetooth? That way, hopefully, the the connection's better. Yeah, I, I can try to do that. Uh, uh, I'm, I'd have to switch everything. I can probably just dial in. Yeah, l- let's try that, and I'll switch over. That, that way we're not yeah, having that issue of yeah. uh, cutting in and out. So kind of when, while he figures this out... Um, you say that you accept other people's uh, equipment or even if they bring equipment in, will you accept that? Or only if they buy newer equipment? And, that- and, and it's just product, kind of the process. Mm-hmm. If somebody comes in with a flip phone, we're looking mm-hmm. at them like, dude, that's not going to make anything. So yeah. we try to advise them a little bit too and help them understand that, you know, and then try to, and if somebody comes in with a machine that's going to lose them money, we try to help them and advise them on what would be a little bit better. But we understand that people don't have millions of dollars and stuff like that. Yeah. But 
we've now got the big people calling us from Georgia and Pennsylvania and stuff like that saying, we want you to host more and more miners. Mm-hmm. So our biggest problem is scaling up. Yeah, that, that so, was going to be my next question. So uh, how do you look that. at scaling? Because when you said that you have a transformer outside, mm-hmm. I don't know, like, a lot yeah, of people can you understand add another that. transformer or <laughs> yeah, can you make that bigger? Or? Electricity here is regardless, it's pretty expensive. If you want to expand electricity wise, but would you, are you looking, are you guys looking into that? In, what, into expanding? Our, right. our, yeah. Always. We're always looking for, so we've got a mine in Pennsylvania, Georgia, different places around the country. We're looking to expand in other, other, other states have better laws to, allow us to go. Wyoming's a pretty good state. There's all all around us and stuff like that. It's just that Idle Falls power right in the city of Idle Falls mm-hmm. is some of the cheapest in the nation. And so that's those are the rates we go after. But expanding mines and trying to get sp- places for everybody is very expensive to expand. There's there's so much infrastructure that has to take place yeah. that it's it's we're always looking at that. But again trying to scale up to what we're after right now we could quadruple and still not have enough room to take in what we the demands that are coming in right now that's great so if someone let's say maybe walk me through the process uh someone calls you says i want to invest this much money um you'll help them set them up and from there you include the setup maintenance everything like my, my my question I guess would be more as like, okay, I buy one and do I have warranty? Does it, what if it breaks down? What happens then? Right. And these are a lot of the questions that, you know, uh, T-Ball monitors has had to go through and perfect over the first Mm -hmm. uh, number of years. And so, you know, as as you look out there, if you were to search to try and buy a crypto miner, probably nine out of 10 sites you're going to click on are going to be a scam. Um, And so T-Ball miners, you know, they vetted all of the, the different resellers, everybody that's, that has equipment for sale in the United mm-hmm. States, uh, we would go ahead and get your equipment. We would uh, get it set up, uh, get it set up to the account, support it. Uh, you know, all of the equipment, at least all the new equipment that we uh, are offering our clients, um, more often than not, comes with a one-year warranty. Mm-hmm. There are spe- a few special cases if you know you want a different type of miner that maybe is used, or um, but typically all, all of our stuff's going to come with a warranty. We service it. We make sure it's plugged in, connected to the network. It's populating on your phone. You can kind of monitor and watch everything. Uh, we can actually automate it to say, you know what, if it gets you know up to this temperature, uh, shut it off for a few minutes, let it cool off. Um, or, you know, if it's you know staying at a good temperature, then let's uh, pick up the capacity and keep it running further. Um, if there's a power outage, let's make sure that it automatically comes back on when power's on. So we try and automate the whole process as far as servicing it. Mm-hmm. But we offer all those services for all of our clients and kind of start to finish. So as a new buyer, you would say, okay, here's here's the amount of money I'm willing to invest in a new crypto machine. <clears throat> Excuse me. We would go ahead, get the, get the equipment, get it set up, and all you would have to do is essentially send the funds over and then download the app and you're watching everything uh, as often as you can. That's a really good So people that are worried about being late to the party, is this just barely getting started? Is it, how far are we into this? Uh, You know, very far into it, but uh, it is a pretty unique time in the fact that as Tom was saying, the demand is, is crazy right now. Everybody's coming over from China, from out of the country, from in, you know, in the United States. And mines are filling up overnight. And so uh, it's something that makes us unique is that we are still accepting, you know, people that are trying to get involved. Uh, but even at then, the demand is so high that all these mines are filling up and minor, you know, mining companies are trying to expand all of their facilities as fast as possible. Um, and so we're in a position that we can still bring on people and get them set up. Uh, but, you know, with them understanding the demand is very high and, you know, come January, it may be a different conversation. Okay. Um, I just want to make sure Braxton, you can hear us, right? Yep, I can hear you. Okay, okay. there we that go. That sounds much better. Sorry, <laughs> that sounds way better. Yeah, I so. wanted to add what what Taylor was saying that in terms of like Bitcoin, people often hear there is a finite amount, which is true. There's only ever going to be 21 million Bitcoin, right? Yep. And as we get closer to that amount, it gets continually gets harder to mine Bitcoin. But the fact that there's already like 19 million mines in 10 years only gives us 2 million less to be mined, right? So people are like, well, I am late because the rest are already so close to being mined. 
But there are a lot of factors that are complicated that play into the longevity of mining. But one of those factors is transaction fees. So once all the Bitcoins have been mined, it's projected that people will be buying, selling, and using Bitcoin enough that there'll be enough transactions that the miners alone will make enough money on just transaction fees. Oh, wow. So even after all the Bitcoin has been mined, they're still going to make money on transaction fees. So did you guys find, uh, like, as soon as China banned Bitcoin, did you guys get a huge spike of uh, uh, people overseas wanting to... Because do you guys do overseas, like host other people yeah. overseas and stuff like that too? So Yeah, we get calls from all, all around the world all the time because people are always out there searching for the expansion and stuff like that. It's just that when that hit so quickly mm-hmm. that everybody started getting phone calls and stuff like that. So we got, we've got, like like Taylor was saying, there's so many scams that could happen because you know it's just an industry that oftentimes can be scammed really easily. And so we've got a lot of friends up in Washington State and brokers that we work with exclusively and stuff like that to try to make sure that we know exactly what's going on. But everybody got flooded all at once. So mm-hmm. now now that everybody's been filling up the mines and stuff like that, everybody's calling each other trying to say, hey, do you got space here? Do you have space here? So everybody's kind of helping each other out, trying to say, hey, we got something. But everybody's trying to expand as quickly as possible right now. Um, and we've actually accepted very little of that Chinese um, demand because we wanted to save room for our individual customers. That's kind right. of our mm, niche in the market is we don't typically take the 10,000 minor customers. Our, typically our customers are one minor to a couple hundred miners and we stay within there. But if we would have taken all this Chinese demand, it would have shut down the opportunity for all of our future customers. Okay. Why Why is that? Why would you prefer to have, let's say, 100 individual people instead of one person? That's how we got started. That's kind of our bread and butter, dealing with customers. So that's We're what, small town people, so... Oh, okay, so you're just going to focus on, the, on a lot, the smaller guy. A lot of the people that we, we communicate with up in Washington and all over the United States, um, it, it became a hassle to deal with individual people and stuff like that. So they've almost exclusively went to the big dogs, people with loaded with money, yeah. stuff like that. And that's a little easier to comprehend. But our niche for us is then then the other ones started coming at us. So they had to call us and say, hey, we've got a couple of guys mm-hmm. here that want to buy 10. We're like, okay, send them down. So we got better at doing that where all the other companies are just like, just give us the big big money and we don't have to deal with it. Plus there's a little bit of a growth thing where if you have a hundred customers and they're all growing and they can buy another machine, then it, right. you, yeah. you got a bigger customer base to, to scale up as so, opposed to having just one customer. So that's not really going to, that's up. where we get a lot of our phone calls is, Hey, <coughs> Mike from Washington said that he, they're not going to take my, my Bitcoins or my, my money for my miners and stuff like that. Can you guys take me? That's where we we get the referrals from the other companies saying, mm-hmm. you "Just go to T Ball; they'll help you out." They're just not, they just don't have the time or energy. They're they're focused on millions and millions and millions of dollars. So but, I, I had some questions for you because we didn't get to know. Like I want to know a little bit because uh, uh, I get why uh, he wants to do crypto, but it's it's a lot of like uh, the older generation that doesn't understand crypto because they don't understand like the whole like. Uh, digital currency and things like that. What What is your background? Are you from Idaho? Are you from... I grew up over in Star Valley, okay. Wyoming, and then moved here. And I have a counseling agency here. Okay. And so we're, we're all kind of doing our own kind of thing. And then on on the side and on the weekends, we're doing the T-Ball Miners. And, and what led in. you... So there's almost like a sidekick for you guys. <laughs> well, it sort is. Of. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> what kind of led me to it is Braxton married my daughter. Oh. And so... It kind of got me into it. Okay, so <laughs> you had to. family business. Okay, that's so, pretty cool. So uh, I'm sure Braxton, you got to inform you about what crypto is. Like, did you know much about crypto before he he brought it to you? <laughs> no, I want to know that conversation. <laughs> how that went? Because I remember the day he came to me, he started talking to me. I'm like, what? <laughs> and he goes, and he says, we had it. Let's just buy a couple and just check it out. And that's when we bought uh, five or six of them. 
And then we took him out to my shop. And, and that's where you learned. And we pu- plugged him in, and boy, there's the learning curve. Mm-hmm. And then we just sat there for. But we we tried all we tried all kinds of stuff. I mean, some of the stuff we look back at now, we just start laughing because we just didn't understand. Yeah. But when it comes down to that power and the heat, once you solve those two problems, then because most pub people cannot handle that. So once we build those mines and we build a small mine, then we build a bigger mine and a bigger mine. And now we're starting to get, we're really good at building mines and knowing how to get those two factors just like that. Mm-hmm. And once we, we get that done like that, then people, people just don't have the money to buy the machines first, but yeah. they, to host them. That takes a lot of money just to host them. So once you get that all built up, the infrastructure and stuff, then you start to expand mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So that's our our next thing. We've got it all solved. We just need to now start to expand when it as yeah, you have to on. you have to like be down. Like you, you have to go through those experiences in order to learn because uh, it's better to happen in the beginning early on then like say you have a huge mind and then something just happens and you, right. you don't know what's going on so you have like thousands of people that you're hosting machines for and you like right you're just freaking out and losing money so and we we get a lot of people that call us all the time and they say hey i'm thinking i'm i'm gonna build a mine mm-hmm. and so i'm a i'm a farmer i've got some extra money i'm gonna build a mine so i'm gonna take my spud house and i'm gonna turn it into a mine and we're like that's not gonna work no <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Great idea. We already went through that four years ago. Mm-hmm. That's not a good idea. And so we help them try to design, and we can help them not make those same mistakes that we did because we made we made a lot of mistakes, but you have to go through that to learn and to understand, and you have to sit there and kind of watch what's kind of going on. But now that we've got that solved, then we've got people calls from Boise and different yeah. places and say, hey, help us. What are we doing wrong? And we're like, okay. This is what we'll help you with. And so we, we do a lot of advising and talking with them about what they should do and shouldn't do. And once they kind of look at it, they go, oh, my gosh, I would have made a huge mistake. And I'm like, yeah. What, what sold you on crypto? Um, His son-in-law. Well, yeah. <laughs> some, something he had to say convinced you. Like, and are, Do you think it's like the, the currency of the future? Do you think it's uh... – Once I started kind of looking at it and seeing the possibilities and stuff like that, I mean – Five six years ago, you know, Bitcoin was it. I remember we we took some money down to um, Ogden and went to a, a, a ATM machine or whatever, but Bitcoin machine mm-hmm. went into this place and I took a thousand dollars with me. And I, I, but I've always I've started a few businesses and stuff like that. We went in there and there it was in a game place. And all these teenagers in there playing games, and I was. Looking around, this ATM was sitting there, and I was like, "That's what." So I just went in there with a thousand dollars and plugged it in really quick. And there's a Bitcoin on my phone. I'm like, "Oh, oh well, geez. that's cool." <laughs> so we walked out of there, but it was you know three three years later, and Braxton's like, "Dude, remember when you went down to Ogden?" I'm like, "Oh my gosh!" So different things like that, yeah. just seeing the the possibilities. But people are always telling us it's dead. There's no mm-hmm. way it's gone away. Here we go again. And then, you know, you see different companies taking it up now and other countries taking it up. And yeah, that's what that's what we saw. Like, uh, didn't El Salvador, that's their currency now? That's it. So it's that's huge. And so now other you'll start to see other countries now start to adopt that. So with with uh with Bitcoin, there's obviously like a cycle, right? Where every four years it, the hash rate gets half or something mm-hmm. like that. What does that mean? <laughs> First and then second um, do you see there being a bear market for a while where stuff come, calms down? And that's or? where, you know, with the bear market and the bull market and stuff like that, I don't care because we're mining. And so when it's when it's the price is up, then everybody's happy. When the price goes down, the hash rate, the e- it's easier to mine. So when it goes down, I'm like, I just look at my phone. You're making it faster. faster. Wow. When the price goes up, then your price goes up. So I don't care if it's up or down. We're mining. It's just like you're out there. You, I watch Gold Rush on TV all the time. I love that show. But they're out there mining the gold. They're going getting it and bring it in. So it's pretty exciting to watch that happen. So we've just got those machines mining 
just like that. So we need to get into mining. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, yeah, man. <laughs> so, so uh, Braxton, I had a question for you. Like, what do you think the future of crypto is? Because there, I mean, I say crypto because most people they'll refer crypto to Bitcoin. But there's like a, a bunch of different coins. There's a yeah, like ten thousand something like that. Yeah, over yes. that. What, what do you think uh, the future is for crypto, Braxton? I think crypto is going to solve a lot of problems in the future. I don't know exactly where it's going to go, but all cryptocurrency is a very vague term. Not every cryptocurrency is a currency or was ever meant to be a currency. Have you probably heard of Ethereum? It yeah. is a cryptocurrency, but it's not a currency. It's more of a platform. So. All these cryptocurrencies out there, they're designed to solve problems. And I think they're doing a great job at solving them. But as far as like the actual cryptocurrencies that are used as currencies, right now, I think they're more of a hedge against the U.S. dollar because of the huge inflation that's going on. A lot of people are seeing it as a hedge against the dollar. But I do think cryptocurrencies are, are the future. It's already been proposed to Congress that all U.S. citizens be given a, a digital wallet. And they're going to distribute the stimulus check on digital wallets given to American citizens. So even the government knows that the future is a digital currency. Like J.P. Morgan Chase, they have an internal cryptocurrency. They use a lot for their, their international transactions. They just move U.S. dollars or whatever currency into their company-owned cryptocurrency so they can move it easier. Because there are a lot of advantages to cryptocurrency over fiat currency. Yeah, and also so future. He says he also sees a bright future. Um, <laughs> so the the other thing too is that is it true that banks are kind of worried just because you get better returns? For example, you guys do proof of work, right? So yeah. do you guys also do proof of stake, where you help people stake their their crypto or or not? We do help. It's not as complicated, so a lot of people can do it on their own. That one's pretty easy. But we do help with that, and I think that's something banks should be worried about because people are earning um, interest rates of 6 to 30% a year. Compared to 0.01 or something like that? Yeah. <laughs> what is it, 0 0.02? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so so do you think that's one of the reasons why banks try to lobby so that you know they to a certain degree, make uh, crypto not illegal, but kind of regulate it more? Yeah, I think so. I think there's a lot of politics that play into cryptocurrency. It affects every market. So there's people that want it to go big and there's people that want to bring it back down. I think there's a lot of politics that plays into it. I I want to bring up, um, I know Tom mentioned laws. It's easier in different states. What happens when they do create laws that kind of restrict, like, let's say power usage? Um, if they're saying, no, we're trying to go more green and they jack up prices of electricity and cuts your cost on on this. Would it just increase, like, how does that reflect on everything you guys are doing? Do you think, are you guys worried about laws being created about this? Or Yeah, we're always kind of watching to see who's doing what. But they they do a good job. Everybody's in the crypto world is always watching and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So everybody's always informing each other about what's going on in Pennsylvania, what's going on in Georgia, what's going on. And they're everybody's chasing that, you know, the interest or the the rates. Mm -hmm. And so, but <clears throat> some of the states, Washington State went through a kind of a time when they um, kind of restricted everything and then. That used to be kind of the capital for crypto mining and stuff like that. So everybody kind of migrated out of there for a little while. They're getting better. But some of the states have jumped on and said, wait a minute, what are we doing? Why would we restrict that? Why would we, we want miners to come here? We want them to buy our electricity. We want to go that way. So other states are – it's just I think when politicians educate themselves and figure out what's really going on with it and not, not scared about it, a lot of – old timers like me, they don't want to learn about it. And so it scares them a little bit. But when people start to kind of see what the possibilities are, they, they start to open things back up again. Cause yeah, it's, it's weird because you get um, politicians on both sides that agree on certain things and both sides that disagree on uh, like, it, it's weird seeing that for this, it they're, they actually 
kind of do work together to a certain degree. And mm. it's funny to see people on both sides agree on something. Which, right. It, I mean, it must be something good because yes. if and you're going to to agree, it's, if, it's, if, if, the, if like <clears throat> banks, if when banks start to educate themselves, smart contracts, you'll start to hear smart contracts and all these kind of things come up. Once you start to understand the blockchain process and how information is stored, I look like uh, like, a, like a train. So each box is a block on that chain. And so once that block's filled up, it's like having an accountant in each of those boxes writing a ledger. And everybody can see what he's doing. Everybody can see what's kind of going on. But once that ledger is full, in that, then it goes to the next train box, blockchain. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it just keeps filling up. Yesterday, I heard on the thing that there's 700,000 blocks on the blockchain now. And you're going to start to see that expand faster. But once you understand how the the knowledge and information is stored on there, everybody is going to start going, wait a minute. So the food industry is huge into it right now because you can trace where a salad or an apple is plucked and it puts it on the blockchain and you can follow it exactly. And so food isn't wasted or goes rotten or E. coli. So they trace every individual little thing with food right now. And so if you could do that with food, with man, that's just endless medicine, ever yeah. medicine, medical records, because mm-hmm. once it's in there, you can't hack it. So once you kind of understand how that is stored in there, that blockchain, I call it block train, because mm-hmm. it makes sense in my head of how that's stored and how you can resource it and get into it and stuff like that. And it's not hackable because of that. And once people understand that, I think people are going to start jumping more and more on board with it. Yeah, I think that's one of the big issues that people, that it's just, it's, for some reason, hard to wrap your head around it. But at the end of the day, when you explain it, like in those simple terms, yeah, like the the bank has to do transactions that's stored somewhere, and so yeah. like the that makes a little bit more sense. Those smart those smart contracts once they're written <clears throat> in a blockchain, they can't be changed, and so human error is now taken, taken out. out. That's huge. So, is for example the Bitcoin blockchain is that independent from say Litecoin and or is it all like one blockchain where they get the information for the different uh, crypto coins. Can you explain that, Brax? Yeah, some people share blockchain. Like, for example, Ethereum blockchain is used by a lot of currencies. But, like, specifically, Litecoin and Bitcoin, their blockchains are completely separate. Okay. So some people do share, like, you don't have to have your, not every cryptocurrency has to have its own blockchain. Like, there's something called ERC-20. It just means you use Ethereum's blockchain, and a lot of current cryptocurrencies do use Ethereum's blockchain. So some people share, some people have their own. Okay. Those are like NFTs you use that, right? The, I was about to bring that up. Yeah. Uh, that, that, that's, some, that, that's something that we recently started <laughs> seeing a huge spike because we see some of these NFTs, like the 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 what's it called, the... Those punk guys, uh, uh, crypto punks, crypto and all punks. That, like there's yeah. these penguins, there's uh, <laughs> the sad, mon- the sad monk gorilla or something like that, and like we recently bought a, a digital horse, oh, like from heavy investors, <laughs> just, just to mess around with it. Was, uh, but, but but like you said, it's good that we get like because that's where everything is going. It. Yeah, familiar with it because that's where everything is going. Like sure. some of these NFTs, I don't know if you guys purchased any, but they go for a lot of money, and it's just it's. It's weird, like how much money people will spend on a digital picture of a a monkey, and, <laughs> right. you know, and, or that uh, JPEG that recently sold for like one point three million of, right. of, of a rock, right? And it, it's weird, and everything's with that is Ethereum. No, there's NFTs in different. So there's some in, uh, I think, which one is the other one? Polygon or something like that has some. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, but there's different. Is that uh, is that something you guys are going to get into? And if you really want to watch, because we we watch certain people like Mark Cuban, mm-hmm. and he he is leading the pack on the NFT with the yeah, Euro basketball leagues and mm-hmm. stuff like that. He he understands it, so we watch those kind of guys and watch what's kind of going on with that. Trying to, but trying to get your head wrapped around what's going to be the next thing that's going to be popular. Mm-hmm. You know, so 
Was it you that was was saying that? Um, was it the weekend that did his um, album drop off the like NFT? Oh no! So there's this. Uh, his name is Tory Lanez. He, oh, he dropped Tory an Lanes. album. Yeah, and uh, he sold. A, he had a million of them, and he sold each one for a dollar, and he sold out. Yeah, and because some of those are, uh, he did it first, and he, he had a, it was a smaller quantity. He sold them all for like seven bucks or something like that, and then they were reselling for like ten grand, twenty grand, and. You're like, it, you think about it, you're like, why? But then like, uh, I stopped asking why and just jumped on. <laughs> oh. So, so do I you guys, they're interesting. I think a lot of what they are is a fad, but I think like you said, album that you own the digital right to it. I think there is a great use for NFT, mm-hmm. but a lot of it, I don't know if it has true value. Like I saw like the Dogecoin dog, he's over here shaking Thomas over here shaking his head yeah yeah a lot of it i think is that but a lot of a lot of stuff that is valuable now started as that for example like during the the dot-com bubble thing a lot of those companies are no longer sure no longer exist but the ones that stayed around all the like the technology still around yeah like it I, i kind of still think of it like trading cards but if i could own a michael jordan slam dunk in the finals or something like that as my nft man that that'd be kind of cool yeah because yeah. the nba top shots yeah like, there you, you could do that yeah i got so some Mark. crappy i got i bought a pack and they, <laughs> they, they, they kind of sucked so. So, so so what do you what do you guys think of uh like i know he w- wanted to bring it up too and was dodgecoin what was that all about like that brought a lot of people into, into the crypto, into the world, crypto yeah. world because it, it was hyped up at the time it, like people were like buying it hey did you buy dogs and i'm like no i didn't buy any no as soon as as soon as uh people that have no clue what what crypto is are telling you to buy dogecoin then it's probably time to start selling right. <laughs> yeah. what, what, what was that is that didn't they call it a meme coin yeah it's a meme coin it's just like where did that come from do you guys know like just where people th- pushing up the price until yeah, it originally started as a joke yeah like it, it was just meant to make fun of cryptocurrency but then as people pushed it, there there was legit developers that got behind it and they really did make it something. Like if you look at the foundation of Dogecoin now, like the technology that it has, it's actually not bad. Yeah, because uh, didn't uh, the guy from Ethereum start part? He's part of the guys that are trying to develop it now. I think so, yeah. Doesn't Mark Cuban also accept Dogecoin for And when that first came out, I, I got calls from people in from high school and stuff like that because I've kind of they've kind of known that I've got in into it and stuff. So people were calling me, some of my best friends in high school, going, "Hey, what what about Dogecoin?" And stuff like that. <laughs> it's a joke. What are you guys doing? It's a joke. And they're like, "Oh, oh are I you think invested? I think there's really something about this." I'm like, "No, it's a joke." And mm-hmm. then then it started building, and Braxton kept calling me and saying, "Have you seen this? What's going on?" Mm-hmm. So just kept building, kept building. And they called me. And they call me later and say, told you it wasn't a joke. And I'm like, oh, brother. So. <laughs> it's like it wasn't supposed it, to be one. It, it was until it's not. And then it's like, for example, with GameStop, they push, they push GameStop up. But now they're, they're thinking about getting into the whole NFT thing So and NFTs in gaming. And so if they do that, then it becomes an actual – there's right. actual value to it. Right. Where mm-hmm. it started off as a meme. Now it's – now they have the resources to make it to something. Sure. Just because of – how high the price went? <laughs> yeah, no, the, uh, I'm I'm glad you guys came on to explain because I've learned a lot more than I or- originally knew. You know what I mean? Like, because I'm I'm one of those that who always has questions, and we know quite a bit of people who always ask us questions, and we're not the ones to to be asking the questions because we don't. Have right. the, I mean, I don't have the answers, and especially uh, I was telling my my parents to get involved into into like stock market, crypto and stuff like that, but they don't understand it. I mean, they barely made a Facebook not too long ago. Like it's they're they're that old, you know. I mean, right. they're not that old, but they don't understand. They're on MySpace still. Yeah, I, technology. I, I kind of want to like refer this to my my mom was the one that told me back when in 1999 when it was going to roll over to 2000, they were freaking out oh, that what was going to happen. <laughs> and I feel that people are kind of like this like what's this? Like um, yeah, they, they don't understand it. They have questions. They don't see the benefit in it. Like, and it, also like, uh, they don't know where to go. Right. You know, they don't know where to go. They think it's some like, uh, oh, they're not going to help me. But 
with you guys, you guys have like different barriers to entry, like depending on where, like how much you want to invest into, sure. into your machine and things sure. like that. And you guys do different coins, not just Bitcoin. Right. Um, so where can they reach out to you guys? You well, have, you have the head. Our, fa- our Facebook, <laughs> our Facebook, our Facebook, or our website, or anything. Just T Ball Miners. T Ball Miners, and then they've got a kind of a thread on there that we, people go on there all the time, and Taylor's answering questions, Braxton asks questions, and stuff like that. So we, like I said, if they'll go on there and, and just make contact, then we can kind of reach out to them and kind of find out because there's a lot of people though that were stunned that that know quite a bit, mm-hmm. but they understand that. To find a place to host their place is really rare. Mm-hmm. And so we get people that call up and say, okay, I have not a clue what this is, but I've got $10,000. What do I do? So we start to advise them on what would be best for them, what would be the safest for them. But then other people call up and say, you know, we've got a couple of ladies that have researched it. Ladies, watch <laughs> it closely. And so they'll, as soon as, if there's anything that goes wrong or anything kind of goes down or anything, we get a phone call really quick and they go, hey, <laughs> Well, it's not. What's, what's going, going on? on? <laughs> well, I, well, it is Sunday night at midnight, but we're on it. So you know, so trying to get. Oh, so you guys are out. like constantly watching it, and like constantly. Seeing well, we what's got going notifications. On. Taylor's got notifications and stuff like that. If anything, we've got backup systems, all kinds of stuff. But if anything goes wrong, anything happens, then we're we're on it. So. Dang, so and it's nice that we have them like super close. Yeah, yeah, because uh, we, we were like we're in, we yeah. were actually watching that video and like you could see some of your guys is like the like where you host and stuff like that and it's it's a lot. You yeah. know what I mean? Like and we, I heard like uh it was probably like fans going and stuff in the background and like cuz it was kind of yeah. loud in there. Elect- and uh Elect- people don't realize it takes a lot. Yeah. I mean unless they search like a Google search an image or even go to that article uh and watch that video like you when we showed Leo, he, uh, he was like, holy crap, that's like, that's all like in one area. Right. But, but people need to realize that it takes a lot, a lot of power. That was another thing. Uh, the little, the, for every, was it kilowatt? It, it flashes the little light and mm-hmm. it was just, it was going crazy. You know, it was just blinking like crazy. Yeah. And we're like, wow, that's, that's, that's yeah. a lot of power. So our bill to all falls power every month is pretty big oh i'm so we, walk, imagine we walk in with a big check every every month i uh, must really like you guys <laughs> <laughs> how, how did mining go this week or this month yeah uh but, but again i want to thank you guys for coming on uh uh you guys have a website too right is it what is it yeah tballminers.com tballminers yeah. and if you guys have any questions go, go ahead and reach out to them uh um even if you guys don't live in idaho you guys are you guys do host people from overseas different states and things yep. like that so we've got like 250 clients from all all around the world okay and uh j- just curious so like people asking like do you know what the say say there's a new there's a kid listening right like he's young wants to get involved but doesn't have a lot of money what what is like one of the minimum amounts that you can get into a machine <laughs> you know, a lot of the machines, especially since uh, a lot of the currencies are, are valued pretty high, uh, you know, they can be from five to ten thousand mm-hmm. dollars. Um, but I mean, we, we gave a kid a tour of the mine just, you know, a week ago and he came in with his dad and he's like, yep, you know, he's going to loan me the money and we're going to buy five of them and get this thing running. So uh, sometimes when their ingenuity kicks in and they find ways to access funds because they understand and believe in it. But um you know, usually right now, depending on what they're going to mine, uh, the equipment, you know, it's going to be at least $10,000. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's good to know. Uh, I, I preferred for someone to tell me like the hard number, you know, like this is what it's going to be. Cause then instead of being like, oh, it's going to be from like this or maybe this and no, it's like, no, tell me how much it's going to be. That way we can make it happen. Cause like, that's something that I've wanted to do too. Cause especially, I mean, after even chatting with you guys, you guys are talking about how it's better to be the miner than the than the one trading, you yeah. know, because you can make a lot more money. And then if you can find someone like this kid who can fund it for you, you know, and get involved that, that way, you know, you can get a Braxton to ask his father in law to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but if you if you can't, you can always you can always stake it. Like it, mm-hmm. with that, I mean, you can start it off with a hundred bucks. Yeah, but it, it gets your toes wet enough to you start learning a little bit more about it because you have some skin in the game. Yeah, and it's like when you do paper trading. Yeah, you can make millions of dollars paper trading because there's no emotions. Mm-hmm. And but once you have real money in there, the emotions kick in. It's completely different. That's John. 
<laughs> oh yeah, I've missed a lot of opportunities. He's, he's the only person I know that only made five dollars during the the like one of the biggest bull market. Well, not the biggest, but like a, yeah. a good bull market. You know, <sighs> then it just it swallows me up and spit me right out. But I made five bucks, so Man, it's, it's those emotions that, that uh, right, John. you know really get to people. But anyways, I want to thank you guys for coming on. Really do appreciate it. It was nice yeah, thank, talking with you guys. You guys. Thank uh, you. Yeah, thank you. And I'm sure you know. Uh, I don't know if you guys could give us a tour of the the facility one of these That'd days because it's something that we actually want to do, and we know some other people who actually want to get involved as well too. Yeah, we wouldn't. I think we could buy one. Yeah, at least. But yeah, no. Yeah, hopefully I think we can get a I know, few people that. Yeah. And because that's something that we definitely want to do as well. So we'd be happy to. So again, thank you guys for coming on, uh, and everyone listening. Thank you guys for listening. We'll catch you guys on the next one. Yep. See so you're not gonna let John. Say oh, the goodbyes. Okay. Sign us off. Go, John. All right. Thank you again, guys. Thank you, Taylor, Tom, and Braxton. We'll see you guys next time. Can you hear me? Oh, what about me? Oh, oh, see you see you guys. Guys. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. See you guys. 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 Que lo que prendan los motores que no vamos aquí todos los días son de